This is the Northwestern Medicine Pod Talk. Here's Melanie Cole. The use of opioids has skyrocketed in recent years, and as a result, addiction to them has increased as well. More and more often, people are looking for alternatives to the use of opioids for acute and chronic pain management. My guest today is Dr. Victor Forsov. He's a physical medicine and pain management specialist in comprehensive pain management program at Marion Joy Rehabilitation Hospital. Dr. Forsov, let's start with a little lesson on opioids. What are they, and how are they used in pain management? So, very good question. Um, so, first of all, let's make a distinction between the difference between um, opioids and opiates. Uh, so, an opiate is a natural um, substance uh, derived from opium. Uh, so, this may include morphine. This may include uh, uh, heroin, this may include uh, codeine as well. An opioid is a synthetic uh, synthetic substance that has been made and manufactured. Uh, these may include things like oxycodone, hydrocodone, uh, things that you may have heard about, such as Percocet, uh, Dilaudid, fentanyl. These are all synthetic uh, substances and referred to as opioids. Now, I'm not an addiction specialist, but Generally, what the definition of addiction is, is, is engagement in an activity or use of a substance and that is compelling and that also affects one's life um, in, a, in a way that is uh, maladaptive and in a way that also rewards or, or causes, um, causes uh, influence on the brain, namely our dopamine, uh, dopamine centers. So addiction can take many forms. It can be compulsive gambling. It can be alcohol addiction. And opioid addiction is very similar in that it does reward our, or does influence our reward centers and, again, our dopamine centers. Um, why do people have addictive personalities and why do some people um, who, ha- who by chance take these substances, let's say after a surgery, um, become very influenced and why others do not. I think this is still an ongoing science, um, but certainly there's a segment of the population who are more prone to addiction as opposed to other segments of the population who may become um, exposed to certain substances and they do not um, form anything that is habit-forming. Doctor, what had been the parameters or the guidelines for prescriptions of opioids? What's different now? Because we're hearing about this this epidemic, and we're hearing that there's a new stewardship involved, and that and that pain management specialists are are looking for alternatives. So, what is it that you're doing now that is different than what you were doing to manage chronic pain? We're really learning, and that's a really good question. We're really learning that the use of opioids in the management of chronic pain. And let's also make a very clear distinction and difference between acute pain and chronic pain. So chronic pain is a disease entity in itself, and that's really important to understand. It's a disease like heart disease. It's a disease like diabetes. And we manage diabetes over the long term. We don't have a cure for it. And very, in a very similar way, we do not have a cure for chronic pain. Chronic pain is defined as pain-lasting for three months or greater. And it could be in the absence of the initial injury. So physiologically, the injury may not be there, 
but you may still be um, you may still be in pain. Now, acute pain is last is pain that lasts three months or less. Typically, let's say acute pain is after an injury. You sprain your ankle. You are in acute pain, or you had a surgery. You you are in acute pain, and we've typically been uh, utilizing opioids to manage acute pain. What the difference has been is that for for the past decade, uh, we've been managing chronic pain using opioids. More and more data. The more and more data now has shown that the effectiveness of chronic opioid utilization for chronic pain in the in the long term has not demonstrated any significant improvement in quality of life or overall improvement of pain. And as we all know now, what is happening with our society um, with with addiction and the problems with the opioid crisis, I think there is now a lot more pressure to find appropriate alternatives in order to really manage pain in a, in, a, in a manner that really helps somebody's function, helps somebody's um, pain, pain as well, without, without exposing patients to such risks as opioids um, have, have done so in the past. So then let's talk about some of these new approaches, because as you mentioned, acute and chronic pain being different and, and treatment for them is going to require multiple different approaches. So speak about some of the non-surgical alternatives to opioids for pain management, whether we're talking about injection or acupuncture or spinal cord stim or exercise, physical therapy. Kind of go through them for us, Dr. Forsov, and explain how they work for pain management as opposed to necessarily a prescription for opioids. That's a, that's a really great question. Um, so I think what pain management should be, or in the view that I that I have for pain management is, I want to be able to help the patient be able to help themselves. The core for this, and if you look at sort of a hub and spoke kind of way of looking at this, the hub is really physical activity, exercise, and all the spokes are used as tools to support this. Uh, so first of all, what are appropriate medications? So you have the type of pain. If you have pain coming from a nerve, you should address that type of pain using appropriate medications that are effective for nerve pain. Uh, So there are medications called membrane stabilizers, such as you might have heard, Neurontin or Gabapentin, Lyrica. Those are appropriate types of medications to, to address nerve pain. If you have inflammatory pain, you should use medications that address these inflammatory Situation, so those those are appropriate meant for those kinds of pain. Um, and if you have central pain, meaning pain that you have after a stroke, for instance, then there are also appropriate medications that act centrally um, in the central nervous system that have a better effect. So opioids may not be the best choice for those kinds of situations. The alternatives are not just um, medications, but of course really looking at the person as a whole. So let's look at biomechanics. What are the influencers that may be causing somebody's pain? If they have low back pain, do we look at, we should look at things such as their their posture, look at their leg length. Are they, you know, look at how they're uh, physiologically, how are they doing? Um, Improving diet is really important, right? So if we have high sugar diet, um, these are pro, this is pro-inflammatory. We should work on reducing 
reducing all those factors. Now, I'm an interventional pain management provider, uh, and there are times when um, appropriate procedures, uh, injections, uh, can really help. Again, these are not permanent solutions. These are temporizing. They're not changing the anatomy that's there. We're using this injection, such as things that you may have heard of, like an epidural or um, SI joint injection, or we may inject certain joints and put steroids in there. Uh, these are tools to help help the patient um, be able to do the exercises, be able to improve their function, be able to lose weight, essentially giving the window of opportunity for the patient to help themselves. Now, there are, there are some techniques that do allow for longer-lasting uh, pain relief. There's, there are techniques such as radiofrequency ablation where we can keep, go to certain structures, and that may give six months of pain relief. But again, we're not changing the anatomy, so we have limitations. I really strongly encourage my patients to really take upon themselves the responsibility of changing their lives, changing their habits, improving their physical function, and using these techniques as a, as a window of opportunity. And that's how I think we should really look at these procedures. Uh, repeating them indefinitely, I don't think... Overall, we're going to get a lot of success for many patients if we don't also change the core uh, basic dysfunction that is influencing their pain. Now, there are other higher-level techniques such as spinal cord stimulation, which is also um, becoming uh, or has become a very useful tool uh, for patients with uh, sciatica, patients with low back pain, and the technology with spinal cord has also been evolving, uh, and we are going through a revolution with spinal cord stimulation with the various types of uh, types of devices available. Also on the horizon, I foresee something called peripheral nerve stimulation, uh, where a small wire is introduced and it uh, causes uh, an effect where it blocks the pain signals to certain structures like uh, nerves that go to the shoulder, nerves that are in the extremities, uh, nerves in the spine. They may have great potential for us in the future. Uh, and it's an evolving field. And I'm looking forward to really being part of the future of both uh, spinal cord stimulation as it evolves, as well as peripheral nerve stimulation uh, as, as this field evolves. Doctor, as we're wrapping up here in a minute, what are some other ways people can help their own pain management? You've mentioned exercise, but speak about some of the alternative therapies that people might look to. And I mean, purpose in life, spirituality, they can all be a part of this whole program of pain management. But people hear about some stem cell and alternative therapies, and they're not really sure what they should ask, what questions they should ask to help vet those methodologies? That's a really great question. I think there's been a lot of confusion about what kind of treatments are appropriate. There are uh, appropriate, um, there are, there is an emerging science with stem cells. Uh, for instance, I've been involved uh, in a study 
uh, utilizing a certain line of stem cells at uh, Cleveland Clinic uh, for uh, low back pain. And this has been done very methodically. It's been, it's, it was a, it's a very rigorous uh, study design and it has a lot of science behind it. What I would advise for the consumer at this point in time is to really stick with these invasive procedures that have been where you're introducing something into your body that has been at least been somewhat vigorously studied. Uh, and additionally, if they're FD then you know that it's been vigorously explored and you, you can count on the fact that this has been something that has, uh, that has some merit behind it. Um, I would just be a little bit weary about uh, potentially exploring avenues where the science is not so uh, strong at this point yet. There may be, it may be shown that certain uh, stem cell treatments may be uh, potentially helpful but the science simply is just not there at this point in time. Um, really, the basics are important. So doing things such as, and you mentioned spirituality, uh, things like Tai Chi, this is very helpful. Meditation, this is very helpful. You know, aerobic exercise is very helpful as well. It actually forms the core of treatment for, for conditions like fibromyalgia. Uh, and so we should really focus on, on these types of treatments and then utilize what we have, um, what we know does help to really enable the patient to take control of their pain. We're, we're not, we're, we have to be realistic. With chronic pain, we're managing. We're not necessarily the time be able to eliminate a person's pain completely. We're, what we're looking to do is help help a person improve their pain, improve their ability to do the things that they want to do, and improve their enjoyment of life. And that really is the main goal. And that is a great place for us to wrap up. Dr. Forsoff, what great information. Thank you so much for coming on, for sharing your expertise and explaining so very well. You're a very good educator. All of these different alternatives to pain management for people that may want to steer clear of opioids. So thank you again for joining us. You're listening to Northwestern Medicine Pod Talk. For more information on the latest advances in medicine, please visit nm.org. That's nm.org. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.